This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks, Linda and Drex. Jill's away this weekend. It's Sterling Fox. Jill's back with you next weekend. It is 906, 17 degrees, morning marine cloud, afternoon sunshine. Pretty much the deal from the weather office today. For those of us down here in this little corner of British Columbia, there are 289 fires currently burning in British Columbia, 128 of them larger than a hectare, uh, and some of them in very, very serious condition. The people in the the fire Dep- ministry of uh, British Columbia, the ministry responsible for fires, uh, are uh, conducting an update right now. And, and as we receive more information in terms of evacuations, anticipated evacuations, uh, communities, uh, we do know that uh, the firefighting reinforce- reinforcements rather, are being brought in from out of province as early as tomorrow. But as more information becomes available to us from the communications people in the government, uh, we'll pass that along to you. Uh, they were conducting a briefing right now, and as uh, the results of that briefing become available to us, we'll pass them along. In the meantime, here's a young man I am quite looking forward to talking to, and I hope you enjoy meeting as well. His name is Curtis Carmichael. He's from Toronto. He grew up in community housing in Toronto, uh, and he's a football guy. He uh, eventually realized his dreams to uh, become a a, a football player on a real team and played uh, on a partial academic scholarship for Queen's University in the uh, Canadian Inter-University Football League and was a star with Queen's and had an opportunity to go play pro and decided not to and is here to tell us why uh, before he begins a rather interesting little bike ride from Vancouver to oh Halifax. His name is uh, Chris Carmichael or Curtis Carmichael. Curtis, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing just great, thanks. So uh, this is quite an adventure. Why don't we start out, first of all, with the bike ride, and then we'll backtrack to you as a kid in Toronto. But start out. let's f- start out first with this very ambitious bike ride you're about to, uh, to go on. Yeah, so it's a crazy bike ride. But uh, last year, uh, this time last year, I was actually thinking about how can I better serve people? How can I better help people? And I realized I wanted to raise awareness for kids living in government housing. So what I decided to do, I needed a vehicle to speak. I needed something for people to listen. So I decided to do a bike ride across Canada as a way to get people to listen to my story and okay. speak about kids in government housing and raise awareness. Okay, so you decided on this last year, but did you did you go on it last year, or have you? Has it taken you a year to pr- pretty much plan it and put it together properly? Yeah, it took a year to plan it and put it together properly. I've been training pretty hard since September, and I have a, like a cycling coach. I have a whole bunch of team behind me, um, helping me plan the whole thing out. Now, as I understand it, you're supposed to start here in Vancouver as as early as tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah. Tomorrow morning, 5.30 a.m., we leave Stanley Park. Really? Eh? Okay. So now, h- how long have you been here in the city? I've been in the city for four days now. Okay. And so now, tomorrow is July 10th. Just to give people an idea of the kind of ambition you have, you intend to leave Vancouver tomorrow morning, July 10th, and arrive in Halifax on August 12th. That's not. That's a fast ride, Curtis. Yeah, it is a very fast ride. And the way we actually done it this year, we actually picked select cities we're biking into. So it works out to be 3,300 kilometers over the span of 30 days of cycling. That is astonishing. So, that's, 100, that's 100 clicks a day. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> well, I guess it is. Have you, have you met the Rockies at all in person, Curtis, yet? Oh, yeah, I met them in person. They're, they're, they're new, new best friends, but we're trying to get to know each other. 
<laughs> now, uh, in addition to being, let's talk about the being heard part, because I know this is a fundraiser. You're anticipating, a, 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 you have a set yourself a, a, up for a, a pretty serious uh, cash uh, goal that you're going to try to achieve in the next six weeks. But talk to us about being heard, because if you're going to blast across Canada 3,300 clicks in 30-odd days, you're not going to have a lot of time or breath for speaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to muster up the strength to actually speak, but um, because I'm raising $150,000. That's the target, eh? 150 yeah, grand? Wow. 150 grand, and I'm raising it for a nonprofit organization in Toronto that provides year round family support and mentorship for kids ages 5 to 25. Right. So it's kind of close to my heart because I'm one of those kids because I grew up in the organization. But for me, um, I decided to actually not only set up the bike trip, but um, we set up accommodations along all the locations in Canada, and we actually set up a lot of speaking locations where there's fundraising dinners, church events, or large gatherings where I'll be able to share my story and kind of educate people on like what's going on in government housing and how can they help. Right, and I should probably also point out to our Vancouver listeners too, Curtis, that when you were at Queens uh, playing football, as uh, you know, on your way to living the dream, uh, you did well. You won the what Russ Jackson Award uh, for the football player with uh, the best uh, combination of academic achievement and football skills. I mean, that's that's a hard to come by award. You were definitely on a power positive track to become a pro. What to, what stopped you? Yeah, well, so a lot, this time last year, I started thinking about um, where I devoted my time, and I realized football is something I was, I was definitely good at and I was passionate about, but I thought about what gives me most most life, what gives me uh, the feeling of feeling alive, and I realized that wasn't football for me. What made me feel alive was actually being with people who were marginalized, being with people who had tough goals at life, uh-huh. and actually interacting with them, because then I learned a lot more about life from these kind of people. All right, talk to us about what you mean by growing up in government housing in Toronto. Would we know the neighborhood? Is there a, uh, is it St. Jamestown or anything like that? Oh, no. So I, I was, I grew up in uh, Regent Park, then I moved Regent to Park, smaller, okay. Yeah, I grew up in Regent Park, then I moved to a, a smaller government housing project in Scarborough. Okay. Called Warden Woods. So you wouldn't know a lot about that neighborhood. Okay. Uh, and um, uh, so this is a public subsidized housing, basically, right? Yeah, public sub- subsidized housing. So. What was life like growing up in Toronto in the, uh, under those circumstances? Yeah, so li- life was tough because um, I think growing up, uh, because we were in the education system for 12 years, um, we always got treated differently when we were in schools. Um, we always got treated differently by teachers. We got treated differently by the police system in the neighborhood. And it just seems that um, every time we interacted with people who weren't in our neighborhood, it's like they already had ideas about who we were, who we were and like what we were about. And that kind of gave us a disadvantage at life. And... Though there's a lot of, like, whether it was violence or drugs going on in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. there's actually a lot more going on in the neighborhood. We had a lot of community-building initiatives. Um, we had a lot of great friendships, great mentorship programs, but in the media, they always depicted it as there's only bad things going on in our neighborhood. So that kind of messes up your mindset as a kid. Uh, sure, especially especially up. because you know that that's just not true, and yet the picture that gets painted of where you come from is 100% negative. And you were talking about being treated differently by your teachers when you went to school. Presumably you went to a school in which there were kids from from the, the, the what they used to call, what in the States they call the projects, government housing, uh, and there would be kids from other neighborhoods all in the same school, and the teachers would what, look down their noses at you? Yeah, so, like, um, it's tangible. Like, there's some really great teachers I have met, but there's also a handful of teachers that they probably didn't notice, but they carried an implicit bias where um, they would actually treat us differently. So if um, we actually misbehaved, 
compared to other kids who are not in government housing, or if I was a black student, because I identify as being like racially black, I would get treated differently than other non-black students for the same issue. Oh. So we started realizing that that's not fair treatment, but the teachers probably weren't as aware of it because implicit bias is usually something that's deeply rooted in us from things we see and hear, though they're not true. So that's kind of the tangible example of how they, we didn't get a lot of academic support. So it's very difficult to manage as a kid. Well, I can well imagine that. I need to take a break here. And when we come back, uh, Curtis, if you can give us a few more minutes of your Sunday morning. I know you got the big ride tomorrow, but uh, if you can squeeze a few more minutes for us, I'm curious as to how you rose above all of that uh, and, and and became the person you are today, so highly motivated and so determined to, to, to see that minimalized in, in the years ahead. Our guest uh, about to head out to Halifax from Stanley Park at 530 tomorrow morning and takes six weeks to bicycle from Stanley Park to downtown Halifax is Curtis Carmichael from Ottawa. And we'll be back with more right after this. Jill Bennett's away. Sterling Fox with you this Sunday morning. 17 degrees downtown. It is 919. Uh, the latest from the BC Wildfire Service uh, is that the, uh, the, the information session that was planned for 9 o'clock has been postponed until 1. Uh, there are bits and pieces of information being uh, uh, released throughout the day, one of which... Uh, is as effective this morning, Wells Gray Provincial Park is closed completely. There is a state of emergency province-wide that we have known about for a couple of days, but the closure of Wells Gray Provincial Park is new and effective this morning. We will, uh, as again, uh, be following the story as more information becomes available to us throughout the day. We'll obviously pass it along to you very quickly, and uh, we look forward now to a one o'clock briefing by the BC Wildfire Service. Back to our guest, Curtis Carmichael, who's uh, here in Vancouver, about to leave very early to tomorrow morning from Stanley Park for a little bit of a bike ride across Canada to old downtown Halifax, which he intends to accomplish in about six weeks. And we'll talk to you about what kind of entourage you're going to travel with, Curtis. But back to your, your the, the point we left off with before the break, you're talking about your growing up in uh, government housing in uh, downtown Toronto in a pretty tough neighborhood uh, where even as a kid in school, uh, you were you found yourself uh, sort of being... Uh, well, you you could feel biases towards you from from institutions like school and the police and others. So my question is, how do you rise above that? Because a lot of a lot of people react negatively. Oh yeah, that's the way you're going to treat me like some kind of second class nobody. Well, up yours, and off goes a life of 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 uh, uh, active negatives. How do you rise above all of that and turn into such a positive? human being curtis yeah so the key point to to think about is that i had people in my life through that urban promise organization that i'm actually fundraising money for i had mentors and um family support over the course of my life and um that really changed my life and um i actually gave my faith um to jesus so so my life became more faith oriented but the biggest thing to kind of explain that the deeper roots i had people in my life that actually challenged me they challenged my perspective they they asked questions they they pushed me forward and in the midst of getting treated differently at school, I started to realize it's not my circumstance that cripples me, it's my perspective of life. Okay. I started to realize getting people in your life that actually can see the best in you, getting people in your life to have confidence in you, that allows you to have a better perspective to see forward. And the big example I can say for this is when I meet a kid in my neighborhood who you ask him what he wants to be when he grows up, and he says, I just want to get out of the neighborhood. Sure. 
you start to realize he's, his perspective is so crippled to the point he can't see a future in investing in a dream. So I think the biggest thing to think about is you need your perspective to be changed and your perspective can't change outside of relationships. Your dream was to become a CFL professional football player. At Queen's University, you won the Russ Jackson Award, and then you walked away from a professional football career. You're studying to become a teacher. Uh, would you not have had more of a position of influence with young Canadians as a football star rather than, oh, I don't know, another teacher? No. So uh, the way the way it actually works when I was actually, uh, um, the way I would have had a route towards the CFL, I think, I was a good athlete, but I think I would have probably had to work my way up from like maybe a practice roster in order to get a shot. Okay. So I started thinking about um, just a, a, a licensed sport, and I started to think about um, how was I um, how was I different from the time I, when I first started. And when I first started football, it was always about serving and like being there for others. And when I was pursuing it near the end, it felt like it was more for the pride and more for the stuff that came with it. And I realized mentally I wasn't there, and my mental health wasn't at a point where. I felt like it was something I should do. It was okay. way too stressful for me, and I started to realize I don't, I don't, I don't just want to be a teacher. I want to be something bigger than that. Teaching is just a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. I actually eventually want to be um, someone who can work with the Ministry of Education, come become a principal down the road, and actually do bigger things for more systematic change. I don't just want to play sports. I want to change something bigger. How close are you to uh, getting your teaching certificate, Curtis? I'm done in December, and right after then, I'm just going to start upgrading as fast as I can just to get to the point where I need to be. Good for you. Now, let's get to the bike ride ahead because, well, you start off from our fair city tomorrow morning at 5.30, and you intend to be in Halifax about six weeks later. How many people will be on the voyage with you? Yeah, so I actually have a support van, and I have my friend Addison, who's a ride-along support, so he'll be cycling with me. I have a driver who will be driving the support vehicle. His name's Cameron, and I have a video guy who's going to control our social media. His name's Jared. And I'll bet you, I bet you, you're working the social media platforms like a bandit too, right? Oh yeah, it's looking good. It's looking good. You should check it out. <laughs> All right. So where will we find you? Which what's the biggest uh, push? Facebook or Instagram? Uh, so, where... so you can go to our Instagram page. Our handle is at Ride for Promise, all lowercase. And if you want to go to Facebook, you can just type in Ride for Promise, and you can see it there. But if you're also inter- interested in going to the actual link to actually support the cause, you can go to urbanpromise.com/ride. And you can check out all the information there. So it's at urbanpromise.com. That's uh, if you're just to, to at least to get on to the project. And then you can link onto the, the social network platforms from urbanpromise.com. Yeah, so urbanpromise.com slash ride. Slash ride. Okay, now, the uh, funds you say, you're, you're very hopeful. It's an ambitious number, 150 grand. Mind you, so is 3,300 miles in 30 days, Curtis. You've you got quite a task on your hands. Uh, where's the money going to go? The money goes, all the proceeds go to, directly to the organization, the nonprofit organization, to work directly with the kids. So because they provide year-long family sport and mentorship through after-school programs, um, leadership programs, summer camps, they go on retreat with the kids, they take them on trips, that all the money goes directly to working with the kids. Okay. And will you be speaking anywhere in British Columbia on your way out? Yeah, so a lot of the, the speaking is actually over dinners. So I actually have a lot of dinners oriented in Shellac, uh, Kelowna. And that will be just more informal settings. And when I get into Calgary, that's where it's going to be bigger fundraising events where I'll be speaking. Well, at least you'll get fed along the way, if nothing else, Curtis. Oh, yeah. At least you get fed. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's quite an ambitious project. Uh, it's uh, it, it's something we wish you a great deal of success with, uh, you and, and your team, as you attempt to cross Canada in, in our 150th birthday summer. Uh, good luck to you, and I hope you make all your targets. 
Thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Thank you. Well, it's a, pro- a pleasure entirely. There's Curtis Carmichael, former CFL prospect, uh, about to embark on quite an ambitious cross-Canada two-wheeled human-powered odyssey. It is 926 and 17 degrees this Sunday morning. News to the bottom of the hour next on CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.